0: Learn more at marines.com. Basketball season won't be around forever, so get in all the action now with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. DraftKings is giving new players a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Claim your free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes when using code THPN during sign up. Playing daily fantasy basketball is simple. Just pick your lineup Stay under the salary cap and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Feel the sweat like never before. Every dunk, steal, and assist means so much more with the DraftKings Daily Fantasy lineup. Baseball fans, you may have missed out on season-long fantasy, so now is the time to get in on all the Daily Fantasy action where DraftKings has even more ways to make it rain. With DraftKings, Payday comes every day for players, so what are you waiting for? Head to the app now. Download the DraftKings app now and use code THPN during sign-up. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. That's code THPN, and you can get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. This is the Hockey Podcast Network. Your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL.
1: This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 2, Episode 48. Andy and I have a little bit of a bombshell rumor to announce here on the podcast. And I know I hinted at it and teased it last podcast, but I wanted Andy to be here to get his perspective on everything. And and, uh, we might as well just get right into it, Andy, because I do want to talk about this stuff first since it's kind of uh even with this being true what we're about to tell you it's almost like still beating a dead horse and it's just i'm kind of over it and i think especially you and i have moved on rangers twitter has kind of moved on and uh it's not really um i don't know It, it, it there's really nothing to talk about other than it's just time to move on so um Andy, do you want to kind of break the news to everyone? Or would you like me to kind of, uh, uh, you know, bring it up and, and, and state the whole thing? I didn't even ask you, how are you doing? I got to <laughs> do that first. How are you doing? I'm doing
0: good. I, you know, it's, uh, I re- we're recording this on Sunday. I went to the Rockaways and here in uh, lovely, well, I live in Brooklyn, but, you know, Rockaways, technically in Queens, sat on the beach for a couple hours with some friends, uh, eating grapes and drinking White Claw. So I'm a little, I've, I've definitely sunburnt a little bit, but, um, I'm happy to, you know, after my, my pasty ass has been inside during this pandemic for the last two years. So I'm happy to get some sun. Uh, I'm definitely feeling the effects of those claws, but I can feel no pain right now. Uh, the Knicks have their first playoff game later. So I'm stoked for that. I'm going to, you know, make some dinner and watch that. So I'm excited. And yeah, I'm, I'm back on the podcast after missing last week, which, uh, You did a great job without me, but obviously I was getting FOMO sitting on the sidelines and not being able to do it. So I'm happy to be here. And yeah, why don't you, you know, when you had told me this initially, I was definitely shocked. And, uh, but it also kind of, it makes sense kind of in hindsight hearing it. So, you know, why don't you, uh, why don't you lay it on us and then we'll, uh,
1: yeah, we'll dissect it a little bit. Okay. So I did get permission to say this, you know, on the podcast and it's, it's a friend of a friend um sort of situation but it came from uh, a pretty reliable source like I don't believe there would be any intent to just lie like the way it came about was certainly not like someone posting it online it was kind of all private conversations that eventually got to my ears. so as I do yeah so to do yeah. Right. Yeah. Just, uh, so I have no, no idea what kind of truth is behind this, but it seems pretty reputable. And, um, so I'll just go ahead and say it was, um, obviously we all know the situation, uh, that happened a few weeks ago with the New York Rangers departing with, uh, president, um, uh, John Davidson and their, you know, GM Gorton. So there was a lot of mixed emotions with all of that. And, you know, basically, um, the, the shit storm continued with, um, or I shouldn't say continued with, but it was all part of the shit storm. That was the, the, uh, oh my God, what's his name? On on the Capitals, Andy. Tom Tom Wilson, Tom Wilson. You know, I was thinking Zach Wilson. I that, just wrote a blog with Zach Wilson at the <laughs> Highlander game, and oh, I, yeah. I kept on saying Zach Wilson. I'm like, oh my god, I forgot his name, Tom Wilson, and you know, uh, and his shenanigans when the Rangers played the Capitals, and so basically, uh, what we believe to happen, and this comes from the, uh, I'll just say a person at NHL Network was golfing with a friend of a friend. And this is kind of how he said the whole Rangers situation went down and it started that, you know, after Tom Wilson shenanigans, uh, the NHL was ready to suspend him 25 games. So kind of take that in for a second. The NHL was ready to suspend Tom Wilson 25 games. Obviously, checkered past. The incident visually was kind of brutal. Certainly not a look that the NHL was comfortable with, um, especially taking, you know, shots to the head out of the game and just given his reputation and past suspensions. And I believe we touched on this on the podcast that prior during this season, prior to that incident, he was suspended, I believe, seven games or seven or eight games. So um, this comes as a, you know, a repeat offender situation within the season. Um, and I think the NHL was just, you know, fed up and had enough and was ready to suspend him 25 games. Now, I don't know all the details in between this, but uh, somewhere along the line, um, uh, the, oh my God, now I'm forgetting his name. I'm having like COVID brain here, (laughs) Andy. Um, uh, God, I hate him. The guy with the mustache.
0: Oh, but uh, George Parros. Oh my God, Parros, head of the DOPS. Yes,
1: yes, the head of you know the player safety. Parros jumped the gun. Was like, like fuck this, this. I'm not suspending him 25 games. So he goes out ahead of the situation and announces that there's only a $5,000 fine associate, so associated with Wilson's actions. Now, with this happening. I can only imagine the drama that was happening behind the scenes, but our beloved fearless leader and owner, James Dolan, decides to put out a, the statement that, you know, Andy read on, on the podcast and, um, you know, basically attached the New York Rangers, you know, name to the calling for, uh, you know, Paris's job and just how upset the Rangers were about, you know, the, the, you know, Tom Wilson uh, penalty. So with that being said, Dolan, I guess, asked JD and Gorton to attach their names to this letter and they both refused. So he simply told them to pack their shit, they're done. And that's kind of what we learned how the situation went down. Now, I think a lot of this was kind of you know, I, I think the biggest thing here, Andy, was the 25 games and then Paros saying, fuck that, I am not suspending an NHL player 25 games. Like, I just can't do it. Um So what are your thoughts? I know we've discussed this when I told you, uh, you know, prior prior to this podcast, but, you know, what are your thoughts now looking back and kind of taking in all this information? Well, yeah, I mean.
0: You know, there's there was going when all this went down, there was a lot of uncertainty with why because not only was the five the the non find for the Panarin, you know, to the slew foot, whatever you want to call it, thrown to the ice by his head thing egregious, the fact that Tom Wilson, who is also a repeat offender, uh who or you know, is a repeat offender, cross checking a guy like Being excessive with cross checks to the head, like which has been such a, or to the back of the neck. It's just they had an out because the, the, the Capitals that are, have, had already clinched the playoffs, right? You could have suspended him for hell. They had how many games left after that? Two, three games in the regular season. You could have suspended him to, for those games and he'd be back in time for the playoffs. So, th- and that was my thing. I, and obviously Rangers fans might be furious he only got three games, but it w- at least it would be something. And yes, he maybe, you know, it's like he wouldn't miss the playoffs. So it would ultimately be meaningless, but it would have been something. So it, it had always kind of struck me as kind of odd. Like, why would you not give him anything? And, but after hearing this, it it kind that, it's weird because it kind of makes a little bit sense, especially after now, Nazem Kadri gets suspended eight games because he has a history. Right. And, you know, I don't want to, Listen, I don't want to speculate on why you give a Cadre who is no like. Listen, he Cadre yes has a history, but it's nowhere near as frequent as as you know it happens when it happens. But it's nowhere near as frequent as Tom Wilson who's going on two times a season now. You know what I mean? And the optics of suspending a Cadre and not suspending a Wilson, you know, they're kind of bad. Like for obvious reasons, that as well. You know you have two guys with one guy with a little bit worse track record and one guy who has a track record but no, not nearly as as bad or checkered as Tom Wilson and yet you're giving Kadri eight games in the in the fucking playoffs and you give Tom Wilson nothing so you have to think what spurned this is it a, and the fact that it you know it's a maybe that fine was and no non suspension was out of spite you know do i know that if this has any legs this this rumor or 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 just what was said i don't but at the same time that had always sat really wrong with me and this kind of would make sense if there was something to say you know especially because we know the league has pressured them in the past to on rulings and i you know we have heard that i think i've heard from elliot you've heard from elliot friedman that that the dops doesn't like when the league has put pressure on them to, to augment their rulings, but it has happened and they've been forced to do it. So maybe, you know, I could definitely see there being a reaction of like, you know, we're not going to be undermined by the league for what we feel, even if maybe if they did nothing, they were going to, you know, I could definitely see the league with it, with everything they're going through with, you know, these days with hits to the head and all that stuff being like ready to throw the book at Tom Wilson because they're trying to distance themselves from this stuff. But at the same time, you have the institution they have in place. Uh, yeah. I mean, ready to, or at least think how they they want to. They believe they should. Paris believes they should operate autonomously, and there could be some friction there. So, yeah. I mean, like I said, it kind of it 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 lines up at least. It makes seems that it would make sense because at the time, it's like what you had an out. It's something that ultimately wouldn't affect Wilson for the playoffs. The Capitals were already in. Like, again, I think it would be too light to only suspend him the final few games of the season, but it would have been something. So why didn't you just do that? And it seemed it just always seemed like it was more of a statement, you know, than anything. So that always perplexed me. But with it, with light taking using this as context, it definitely makes more sense. So, um, yeah, obviously, I was shocked when you told me. And uh, but just just looking at the in terms of why. It was only that it definitely seems to make a little bit more sense, especially if they feel like they were didn't want to be leaned on or told what to do, you know.
1: Yeah, and now I can sort of, you know, if this is true, right, it kind of brings everything together and it kind of makes sense. And the timeline of everything with the New York Rangers departing with J.D. and Gorton kind of makes sense. Um, The letter coming out and and then you know him relieving them of their duties right after makes sense. And I know. know there's been reports that had nothing to do with that but you know why wouldn't you just wait till the end of the season with only a few games remaining with such a young team like why would like it just didn't make sense with all that and you know I I think you and I no matter what we read or what we were told we kind of was like it there was still a question mark about it and you know not that it really matters anymore but you know it's a, a juicy enough of a of a rumor, I guess, to, to kind of bring up and it, and it really does make sense. And it really kind of circles back around to um, the NHL and, and letting like a player like Paros uh, kind of run the, the discipline part of, you know, player safety and, you know, how much of, of the 25 games was P- Paros really uncomfortable with because that 25 games at that point in time, let's just say even they had five games remaining on, on their schedule. and and he goes to playoffs. That you're essentially missing the the rest of the season. Uh, you know, if they got to the Cup finals and every game, every series went seven games, maybe he'd be back for the last few. I can't do the math real quick. So, um, you know, it just, you know, I can see Paros being like, I'm not, I'm not ending, you know, Wilson's season because of this incident. Whereas I think the NHL is more like we. We need to take a collective, like a collective. um, I'm trying to find the word to describe it, but like you got to look at this person's past and take it all into account when you are suspending him for this action because it's ridiculous what he's done. He clearly is not listening to the rules or respects any of the punishments prior because he still acts and does what he wants. And, you know, maybe 25 games, you know, Paros was just like, we're not doing this. He jumps out, at, jumps the gun, only does the fine to kind of stick it up everyone else's ass. And then, you know, and then the Rangers do themselves no favors. And, you know, the league kind of has to, you know, take the side of the league and not, you know, justify uh, the Rangers' argument in, in, or the Rangers' feelings in, of, you know, uh, bafflement that, you know, Wilson wasn't even suspended one game because ironically, the Rangers played the Capitals the the game after and Wilson was in the lineup. So he eventually came out of the uh, out of that because, you know, I think things were starting to become a shit show and whether or not he was really injured and and left the game. I I don't I don't think that was the case. I just think they it was heading down a bad direction and the Capitals were were looking to protect him, um, you know, for the playoffs, which obviously matters much more than in regular season games after you clinch. So Andy uh, looking at the, cause I'm glad you brought up the cadre situation because I saw that and I was kind of shocked because it seems like, although I don't disagree with the cadre ruling, I do think they corrected themselves almost too much and gave him too many games. I was expecting like maybe four, but they doubled it at eight. um, I don't know. Like what are your feelings? Do you think that, you know, the NHL had to show that, you know, they still had some control of these situations? Or do you think um, you know, the Wilson event is true and you know, now this is the NHL's, you know, way of saying like, no, 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 no. If you're if you're gonna do crazy shit, you're gonna get suspended.
0: Well, it's hard it's definitely hard to know what Oh, wait, know, wait, where- wait,
1: wait. Can I can I just point yeah, out yeah. one thing? Sure. Yeah. I was listening to NHL network. I don't know like how uh, or NHL uh, XM and I don't know how much this is true, but I I guess, you know, three regular season games is, is um, considered one playoff game suspension. So if you, he got suspended eight games in the playoffs that it's right around the 25 game mark. So uh, again, I, I don't know if there's actual true correlation to it or, people just kind of have made that up in their mind of, um, you know, rulings that happen during playoff time or regular season. So I just want to throw that in there before you start talking.
0: Yeah. And, you know, here's the thing. So it's kind of hard. Like I said, it's hard to know because, yeah, I mean, on the one hand, it it is something that seems to at least in as, as far as the situation, you know, that we've heard behind with the goings on behind the scenes with the Wilson thing, you know, you could definitely see that, as an overcorrection when it comes to Kadri just the problem that I think everyone's had is that there's been so much inconsistency. And I think a lot of it, and I think it's just, there's also been a lot of people where they talk about reputation, where there are these players that they have a reputation where it's like, what makes them the player that they are, that is marketable to the league. Like Cadre is a good hockey, like Cadre is a better hockey player than Wilson. Like I know everyone's like, Oh, Tom Wilson is like a deterrent like this and this, but you know, flat Cadre. Kadri's a flat out better hockey player than Wilson. But at the same time, it's like the optics of giving one repeat offender this many, like $5,000 fines and nothing for something, where for two things, where, where you, at, at the end of it, you could have, you should have had something. You should have had, we can argue till we're along with the tooth how many games he should have got, but he should have at least had. You know, three meaningless right or two or three meaningless regular season games. The he gets nothing, and then you get Cadre eight game playoff game, which is a whole round. You know, which it, it's going to span two rounds. Which is, and I understand. Yes, he did something in the playoffs last year, but you're talking about it's so it's so funny that's like bang bang plays that are in the middle of plays are getting this penalized but extra dangerous extracurriculars after the whistle when it's not you don't have the benefit of the hindsight are you in the action like get nothing are you kidding me like what like i don't understand and i don't understand if i don't know if it's something of paros who is like most of his damage was done between the whistles because it's like you're a you know an enforcer so it's like Fights are premeditated, you know, where he's got more respect for that than like things that happen in the course of play. I don't really know, but it just it's such a bad look. And I mean, it sucks because it's like it's a bad look. It's also bad, you know, furthered by, you know, it's like the way that the league seems to put Tom Wilson on a pedestal, you know, and also there's been, you know, all this cadre has been kind of a maligned player in his own right in different ways for his whole career where he's like oh you know but at the same time his his track record looks nothing like wilson's you know what i mean but yeah i mean listen it, it doesn't i and i don't want people to think that i'm giving Kadri a pass for what he did like he definitely deserved to be suspended some games this has happened in the playoffs before and he's that's thrown right. some dangerous hits in the course of plays so but the optics of you giving him something heavy and giving tom wilson nothing makes it worse and it's that's the thing that it almost exacerbates all this because the league can't be consistent and then you know
1: it's just it gives it's, the wilson rumor more legs in my opinion yeah
0: no i agree because it's like why would they because you like you almost think why would they come down on this because people are saying that this department won't do anything or that it's light or and that's the thing and then you you're stuck in this constant it feels like for the last few years the DOPS has been in a constant state of like, well, people didn't like how we reacted to this last one, so we really have to come down on this one. Just try to be you know, and I yes, I understand I make it sound so easy when this is such not an easy thing to do. Because it, it's it is tough. You know what I mean? You, it's hard to But it's not ever, this tough. No, but nice. that's that's the that's the point. Yeah. I'm I'm almost trying to give like a little bit of benefit of the doubt. It's not less it's, it's not it's not simple, but it's not rocket science at the same time. And it's just like anything that involves the head or someone doing something to someone's head. Period. I don't care if they didn't mean to do it or if it was like they did something that wasn't initially contact, but eventually it it like put that person's head in a compromising position. Even if it wasn't their intention, like I don't care. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it's it's like I know it's it's tough, but it's like it's one thing if you throw a hit to a guy, he falls. Like, let's look at the 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 Tavares situation. Like, you, obviously, you can't do anything to Perry there. He doesn't, he, you know, it's a horrible hit, but it's not like there's nothing Perry could do. You can maybe, though, give the knee-on-knee uh, a fine, if you want, from Sherrod that kind of puts him in that situation. But obviously, you can't suspend Corey Perry. It's not like he, like, that is, that is like, there is nothing you can do in the situation. It's not premeditated. It's a, That is a freak accident, right? But we can all see that. You know, I think most I don't think there was a single part. Maybe some a very small segment of Leafs Twitter was like, oh, well, you know, Perry didn't try his best to get out of his way, even though they're team Canada teammates and friends and like,
1: you know, please. And if yeah, you, I know if you I know watched, Perry's a scumbag. Yes. Yeah, Perry is a scumbag, but he's not a scumbag like that. He you know, if you watch that play at full speed, there's literally nothing he can do like and, and even if at the last second you realize that you're going to skate into him, I mean, The way Tavares is rolling over at like, he's rolling over towards Perry. So it's not even like, like the whole thing was just like awful timing and there's nothing you can do again. It's not even a penalty at that point. Like, it's just like a collision that, you know, unfortunately Tavares was on the, you know, receiving end and, you know, thank God he's okay and everything, but. You know, like accidents like that, we all know are going to happen. It happens every year. There's freak accidents, and there's nothing you can really do to prevent those from happening. But the things that are like intentional, and when you have intentional actions to do harm to someone, and it's not a you know one-on-one fight where they're squaring up face to face. It's more of like I'm jumping on your back, and then there's a scrum and you can really take advantage of someone, you know, not paying full attention or, or who can't give you, you know, you their full attention and, you know, you grab someone and slew foot them and throw them to the ground. Like, like all, like there's a clear difference between the Perry situation and then the Tom Wilson situation. And like the NHL constantly does this where um, the when they make these rulings, I feel like they, they'll they let a couple go, right? And the, they're like, and the NHL's a joke. It's a joke. And then they go the extreme opposite. And then you, you got to be like, NHL, this is not what we want. You know, we don't want, you know, 20 games for every event. We just want you to be consistent. And like, I don't know, can we meet in the middle and just do like, okay, repeat offender fender in the playoffs, throw them out four games. All right repeat offender in regular season? Can we get like a 10 game suspension? And if there's one in the gray area of like towards the end of the season, I'm sorry, that falls in, you know, a regular season, um you know, matchup and you're given the 10 games. It, it, like some of this stuff can be black and white. The incidents I know are always gray because you got to look at the situation as a whole. Like, is it a scrum after the whistle? Is it a a hit, you know, through the neutral zone, you know, you know, and, uh, you know, you know, does this player have a, a history of doing this particular, you know, action? So there's so much to it, but the NHL, the, the problem with the NHL is, is not the inconsistency of, of, of being able to pluck a certain incident and and not really know how many games it's worth. It's literally like we don't give anything. Or we go all out and give, you know, you know, we throw the book at them like there's just no in between. And if they just had a balancing act of where they're just constantly throwing three games, three games, three games, three games, I think like that would be way more effective than what they're doing right now. I mean, call me crazy, Andy.
0: No, and I agree. And that's, you know, it's just it's almost as if even if the callings were more along the lines of every at every time they doled out there was like some questions like is this enough is this enough if you at least were consistent with it they'd say i don't know if it's enough you should get more but that at least they're consistent and at this very least you have some litmus test or benchmark to go off of and that's just thing there's just there's it's still you like there is all and there, there also seems to be cloak and shadow about it where they're always like please refer to whatever you know say what you will about I you know obviously when Brendan Shanahan was running it the the knock on him was that he was almost too severe he put out the videos that showed you like that where he explained what happens on the play and why they call it the way they call it and obviously the owners hated that because they're like too much you know our players are losing them too much so yes obviously there's a bit of this is like it's a little bit of a hell of their own making you know what i mean it's like you didn't want what's that like you all the owners revolted after you know they it was they were finally trying to met out some you know heavy justice, but yeah, say what you will, but like there was no transpar- you know there, there was hundred excuse me, there's a hundred percent transparency with those videos, the breakdowns, and yes, there was a lot they he was you know, when he was uh Shanahan was ahead of DOPS, they were coming down hard. but now you're in this situation, there's almost less uh yeah, there's less transparency. You don't know why decisions are made they offer very little explanation obviously they're not putting out videos breaking down the plays um and yeah it just it' just looks like egg on everyone's face man it's like and now again it's like and that's the other I think the other thing that as it occurs to me is that like you know now it's talking about like well now Cotter's getting all this I don't want to like let plays like that off the off the hook. Like, Kadri deserves to get something for that if he does something dangerous again in the playoffs after doing it uh, with the Maple Leafs, you know, a few years ago or whatever it was, you know, the last time it happened. But at the same time, it like kind of pulls focus from those things now. You know what I mean? And that's the other the negative about not being consistent and being transparent is that now it's like when bad things happen, everyone's like, well, that shouldn't be because this was, you know what I mean? And you're almost it it almost yeah it just kind of throws everything into disarray and it warps the perception of the fans of how much things should be you if you want to be the one to set the table that's fine but just be consistent that's the only way you can and apparently they're just you know it comes it's just at their own whims you know what i mean and especially if we're if it's to be believed to what you said is true or what you've heard is true i should say and that This was a reactionary measure because the league was pressuring them to give him a lot of games and he's there like, you know, fuck that. It's like this is a hockey play and like you can't like, you know, and then it becomes like almost like this mission to like, you know, protect the players more because that's what that thing. It feels like more of a protection of like, oh, you know, what are players going to get lose money every time they try to make a hockey play type thing. And that's what it feels like. So
1: right and yeah. then and then that that argument falls short when it's an incident like Tom Wilson where like it's you know it's after the whistle and that's not a hockey play like they don't there's they don't teach that in USA hockey you know what i mean it's one thing you come across if you're a physical player you come across and you hit and you, and you accidentally hit someone up high i mean that that stuff happens i mean it's part of the game i mean they're moving so quickly and you know and it's not like you can always control what the other player is going to do. And then you get caught, you know, in a bad position and, you know, it causes an injury to someone like, you know, you, you just never know, (coughs) like things are going to happen, which is why you need consistency in these calls. And it's, and like, yes, when you have, you know, certain things that you are looking at, like right hits to the head, certain players tend to hit players in the head more often like it's just the fact like the nature of the beast so like you have the repeat offender thing like it's just I don't know I just feel like this is it shouldn't be this complicated we shouldn't be you know spending you know let's see a half hour now talking about this in the middle of the first round of the NHL playoffs like I know, you know, our team is knocked out and, you know, a juicy rumor involves it, but like, I'm still get it just, I, you know, it shouldn't be a head scratch, you know? And if, if they were just a little bit more consistent or always kind of through, you know, some the same sort of suspension, you know, at these players, I'd be like, okay, but since it's like all or nothing, sometimes it that's the frustrating part. And, you uh, know, we can move on now. I'll let you finish up any thoughts, but I, I'm, I think I'm done talking about it. <laughs> yeah,
0: same. And again, it's like, you know, jo- listen, John Davidson has returned to the Columbus Blue Jackets. Obviously, you could you could obviously tell they they would, no matter what, they would love to have him back. His track record speaks for itself. And he's classy. He takes the high road. He says conversations with Jim. You know, Jim Dole and I had conversations. And he, you know, classy as always. He takes the high road. And I think that's just any organization would be lucky to have him or Jeff Gordon. So... It listen, it really stinks and that the fallout of this. It obviously it stinks because now anything anything happens related to the Knicks front office, you know, you know, uh Caps fans will make jokes like, Oh, you you Tom Wilson like got you know, got the GM fired and this person hired and changed this and made them trade this person and whatever, which is obviously annoying, uh, and obviously not true. But at the same time it's like You know, you wish those guys the best because they're good guys. And I obviously would have got the warm fuzzies to have J.D. as the president of this organization to when they finally, uh, you know, get to the promised land again. But at the same time, you know, it's a good spot for him. I'm glad he's back and he's happy. And listen, I think Columbus is an organization, especially with Torts leaving. They need some stability because they that's what they've always struggled to have you know so he's a guy that can bring that to them so all the best to him you know he remains classy even if maybe he was wrong in this situation and yeah all but all the best to him but Chris Drury is the Rangers GM now uh I think Rangers fans are pretty are should be high on him as are as most of the league and the executives behind the league they think he's been ready to go for a while now here so uh yeah he takes the keys are in his hand so we're we're moving forward you know the podcast the rangers and everyone's moving forward here so yeah we could put that in our rearview hello hello hockey fans my name is nick Berlansky, host of the tip of the iceberg podcast here on the hockey podcast network my co-host nick horwatt and i talk all things pittsburgh penguins from top news to game analysis and other unconventional hockey talk, we've got you covered. New episodes every Monday. Tune in at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcast from. And let's go Pens.
1: Yeah, and, you know, um, you know, kind of with a uh, little bit of changes, changes in management comes, you know, new hirings, and, um, you know, I, I, we post about it on Instagram, uh, you know, Mike Greer, is now uh, coming, you know, coming in and replacing Brian Leach, which I kind of wanted to ask you, Andy, you know, is uh, Brian Leach's departure, do you think this is connected or that was connected to, um, you know, the, this, all this bullshit?
0: Um, well, you know, I've heard he was buddies with Quinn, so I think that could have definitely affected it, especially, you know, I don't know if it was because Quinn, and also I think Gordon was high on him, but at the same time, I think him and Chris had a good relationship uh you know it's hard to tell i yeah. think it definitely he maybe felt l- less comfortable it's the not head that of his listen, development too yeah for, and li- for, yeah and listen i know i know he was that but at the same time i can't i the sense i've got that his role was definitely more uh advisory i don't think he was as on hand as hands-on as a drury or you know some of these other guys you know what i mean sure i'm sure he these things here and there. I don't think Brian Leach was like going to prospect games all that much. And, you know, maybe they put him in the box oh. a little bit, you know, and listen, I don't want to disparage <laughs> Brian Leach or what he's been doing behind the scenes, but the sense I got that he was, you know, it was advisory role. So, uh, but you know, he's out a Mike Greer, Chris Drew's uh, former teammate is in. Uh, so yeah, I alum. mean, you, that's yes, right. Be you alum. So, Listen, I feel like all these guys are friendly. And, and listen, I, I mean, Gore, I think in his press conference, Drury said, you know, him and uh, David are still friends and are still close. And yeah, I don't think David blames Chris Drury for this. It's not like he's had the power to fire him. And I, and again, we talked about this in our last two podcasts is like, I don't think Chris Drury did anything to sewer David Quinn. I think it was just that it was this is the way the winds were blowing. And, you know, it people were in the positions and, they were in, you know, and, so. and
1: honestly, I mean, if I'm David Quinn I, I, I'm kind of done with the Rangers. Well, you know,
0: it's funny. They asked him at the last, I, you could tell you almost got the sense. He saw the writing of the all on the wall. Cause they said like at the last game, they win. And he's like, Hey David, like, do you need a break? And he said something along the lines of like more than, you know, or you have no idea. You know what I mean? Yeah. And again, I, it was, he really, it was a hard sell for him to become a uh, coach. Cause he loved coaching college hockey. He was making enough money. He was happy. You know, and he, they said like original six team and the allure of it. And, you know, I think either the Bruins or the Rangers were probably the only two teams you might might have left that spot for, you know. So he does, you know, he gets his two years, but, you know, and it's go. Uh, and I think, you know, like I said, I think he was I think he, as especially down the path, I think just like the pressure he felt, he's like, fuck this. Like, I, I could be back, you know, comfortable Commuting every day to the same place and less time on the road and be with my family more and not have like an owner <laughs> breathing down my neck if I just go back to coach college hockey. So I think he'll go back and coach college hockey. I don't see, although, I mean, maybe with a long outside chance he interviews for the the Sabres job or, or hell, even the Columbus job. Um, but for the most part, I think, yeah, I think he's content to go back. And, and you know what? I mean, yes, we already did our, our moratorium or post mortem on, excuse me, on David Quinn. But, you know, by all accounts, he seems just like a a nice guy, probably not the best NHL coach or not suit. You know, it's just he needs has a lot of growth to do to to be a good NHL coach, but wasn't the worst. And yeah, he's just been a classy guy the whole way. You know, he never really, you know, at least like in terms of his personality or, or questions, it's like, you know, I questioned some of the things he did. But yeah, he never did too much to really. Yeah, I I think he wanted the his players to succeed for the most part just you know just wasn't to be. So, you know, it's good like I said it. It's uh all the this the changing of the guard with the you know, uh Drury in and Gorton JD and Lee Chou and you know, then now Drury putting his own people in place. You know, I think it's going to come, but again, I think this all hinges on having trust for Chris Drury and the fact he's been he's done the work. And that's the biggest thing because I think had he just not done the work, and it was just like a face, like a yet another player from years, uh, years ago, which a lot of organizations do, like, like the Canucks are talking about doing, having Henrik and Daniel Sedin, you know, how many years removed in some positions? It's like, it's one thing to start someone low in the totem pole, like you look at Danny Breer, who literally shadowed people in Philly and then became the GM of an ECHL team, so he could learn player transfers and contracts and purchasing one day, he's going to be a good executive. And I wouldn't be surprised if it's for the Rangers, even though we never played for them, him and Drury are, you know, their time in Buffalo. And you have, and he obviously there was the Mariners connection with the Rangers and the fact that he's someone who is now doing exactly what Drury did. He's doing the work at a level. That's maybe not all that appealing just so we can learn the ins and the nuances and the ins and the outs and the things that you have to consider that makes you that much better of an executive when you, as you work your way up, you know? So I have faith in Chris Drury, uh, so, uh, you know, if, if he thinks Mike Greer is a good, good vet worthy of this job, then I think Mike Greer will do a good job, you know?
1: Yeah, no, I I totally agree, and, um, you know, just, um, you know, I guess to sum up everything, it's just, you know, obviously what we heard was a, as a rumor, it's not the fact, but, you know, everything kind of makes sense and, and fits, and it just goes to show you that, you know, The league itself has, you know, a lot of work to do. And I think, you know, this offseason will be a good time to, you know, kind of reflect and and figure things out because, you know, something's got to change. And I don't know. I know there was, I think, a piece in there where, you know, obviously Paros and the league don't see eye to eye. But, you know, it, it is what it is at this point. And, uh, and, you know, looking at it from the Rangers' perspective, I don't blame Quinn if he wanted to leave because, you know, f- for his you know first real coaching gig in the NHL, this past season, his last season here, like, he'll remember it forever. What a complete shit show! And <laughs> for as bad as it was, we didn't really do that bad. You know, we finished fifth in the hardest division in hockey and, you know, and here we are in the playoffs and, and, um, you know, looking at the hockey being played, Andy, you know, I guess we'll, you know, pivot here and transition here. You know, what are you seeing? What are you liking? Any, any shockers? Um, you know, what, what, what are your thoughts?
0: It's weird. This, this, this is probably the one so far, the one playoff run in a while that I haven't really been shocked by any of the results. Uh, yes. It's only the first round, but it's like, did I, you know, I, I, you know, the Bruins, I fully expect to outclass the capitals, especially with the, all the question marks they've had with Kuznetsov and, uh, you know, just the way the Bruins geared up in the Taylor hall acquisition. So that's proving, yeah, that's proving ring true. You know, uh, we, the, I think the, the Penns Islander series is kind of playing out similarly. You can see that the Islanders having trouble scoring goals, but at the same time are way more structured than the Pens. And Chris, Tristan Jari has been so shaky, he's been uh, you know, hot and cold, and that's really hurting them because, you know, the Penguins obviously have superior firepower, but at the same time, it's like the Islanders can just keep to their structure and they can just kill you on that counterattack, especially you know when they had that home uh, home rink advantage so yeah it's uh that's yeah no surprise there and again it's like maybe i thought vegas minnesota would be a little bit of a of, you know maybe a little bit closer because minnesota's been good but uh yeah flurry has been excellent so yeah vegas is in the driver's seat yeah and uh, like i said other than that Yeah, uh, and really no surprises. Obviously, Colorado's just outclassing St. Louis. Uh, You totally expect that. It's just, uh...
1: yeah, the the one if they get swept, that'll be a shock. You know, I know, I know St. Louis defense is not you know what it was when they won the cup, and I know they have a couple injuries with you know Falk and stuff you know out. Uh, You know, it's just if you look at the St. Louis Blues lineup, you know, I I just thought they would be able to maybe compete a little bit. you know, with with Colorado to get blown out yeah. in in four you know four games is it's kind of crazy. But uh, yeah. you know that's probably uh, well, the only shocker. Like yeah,
0: I will say this as we record this, Carolina and Nashville are in overtime, so it's obviously anyone's game at this point, 3-3 tied. Uh, Nashville's hanging in a lot better than I thought they would because Carolina's who I kind of had pen to. I they were my kind of my I don't even really even say sleeper. I was pretty had a strong feeling that they could be you know, a cup final team and maybe even win the whole thing, but credit to Nashville. They obviously, they really, after their poor start, they turned it around this year and now they're looking, I, you know, I don't know if it really benefits them at the end of the day, because they're a team I just see with their age and just where their, their prospect pool, they're ultimately moving backwards from here on out as those guys get older. Uh, But, yeah, they're doing some work, and they're keep, they're keeping it competitive, right? And if they can pull this out, you could obviously see Philip Forsberg scoring a nice goal and them tying the series up to to two two. You know, so yeah, that's probably like I said, that's probably my only other real surprise with all the games that have taken place. Nothing else has really shocked me. Um, the hockey's been good. Obviously, the battle of Florida it's has uh, been excellent to watch. You know, it's just clearly. If nothing else, those teams, if they didn't hate each other before, they hate each other now. And they're going to be standing each other's way. Um, you know, it's clearly getting really, uh, <laughs> the extracurriculars are getting hot and heavy there. Uh, you, you know, I feel for Florida. I think the underdog fans and all of us want the Panthers to like give them a fight, but it's just not, I just don't, yeah, it's just, I don't think they're ultimately, well, first of all, stop putting. Fucking Bobrovsky in the starters. Oh hand. my god! Like, You're, come on!
1: I don't. There's rumors night. You might as well just start night. Next, I year. believe he has started next he is? year. He was in yeah, practice that he might start, but it, and, it,
0: too little, too late. And everyone was saying that they're like, you can't start Bobrovsky, who's been just horrible. Like that's what a bad signing that was, especially. Uh, and I mean, yes, he was okay at times during the regular season, but he's just been shaky. He was shaky in, in his like first performance. It's just it's, I don't know, man. It's just, I don't understand it. It's, and I'm not saying he's the reason they've lost these games. It's not like he's like where it was like Jari just giving up those glove side goals, which is the whole reason the, you know, um, the, the Islanders at least are in the series right now where it should have been three, one, just giving up easy goals on his glove side. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's clear. It should have been one of, uh, what's his name? Dreger and, uh, Spencer Knight in goal for them. And with, you know i don't care how much you're paying the guy you you the the goal is to win you know what i mean and exactly. the yeah and obviously Tampa's a, a team you can't mess around with they'll just burn you so yeah but uh yeah it, it'll be interesting to see if uh yeah obviously their forwards have been excellent you know Hedman hasn't looked all that impactful not not like he looked you know he looked like a world beater last year but who knows this could just all be him, you know, he looked kind of poor down the stretch in the regular season, but he could just be saving it for when he needs it, you know, as most elite players do. And all of a sudden you're like, "Oh, he was literally just saving. He's gonna dump the tank, you know." So, yeah, I was hoping that might be a little bit more competitive just because I want that series and rivalry to be good and what a great story it would be for them to I do wonder, however, you know, as making this is a Rangers podcast, let's say they do get sweat no well they're not swept they won a game but let's say from here on out it's just all tampa and they just close out and you know uh, you know in five games right yeah. uh you have to wonder if if i'm alexander Barkov, whose contract is up at the end of next season are you like the tampa's going to be a thorn in my side perpetually forever like if i want to win a championship do do i stay here and there's been, obviously there's been rumors of him wanting out before, or at least, or maybe just seeing, just seeing what things look like on this other side of the fence. So who knows, you know, we've also heard kind of speculation that the Rangers have maybe, although listen, there's, there's always speculation. You don't know what's real, and what's not, but there's been some talk and speculation that the Rangers may be with the, every, the injuries and the cost of the contract that they might've cooled a little bit on Jack Eichel from when they first made that initial offer or as long as the price remains where it is for Buffalo which I could definitely understand I assume Buffalo is going to ask for king's ransom and it's like do you really want to you know tear tear up your furniture to do that so I get it but you know if a guy like Barkov ever hits free agency or hell he just says like you know trade me cuz it's like as far, long as I'm here like we are this team is not in the Atlantic will not get past you know, our next door neighbors. Yeah. That, and now say. you have
1: Carolina to deal with too. They're the young. Yeah. And
0: they're going neighbors. back into their, their, their division gets, you know, if the, if their division goes back to the way it is normally next year, I mean, yeah, because of, uh, hold on. I have to look at the stupid, <laughs> the stupid breakdown of where they're at, but yeah, they would, you know, it's like, like you said, Carolina being a thorn in your side and just, yeah, you have to wonder if, If they're if he's a guy who's just like hell, maybe even if it isn't the Rangers, if it's maybe if it's the Kings or out west, you know, you just don't know. It's like, but this is that's a team that's a little bit older. Yes, they have some prospects, but at the same time, you know, uh, you know you have guys like Yandel making all that money. And in fairness to them, though, not having Ekblad hurts. They've had some key injuries there that would really help them. Uh, But yeah, I just think you know Tampa could definitely repeat this year, and uh, I was just hoping. At least for as a viewer, that there would be a little bit more of a fight there. Although, listen, they, they've kept it interesting—that's for sure.
1: I mean, I predicted a sweep. I mean, I, I see nonsense when I when I know nonsense, I, I'll call it out. And the, I, I, to be honest with you, I just thought the Florida series was nonsense. I think it got way overhyped. Uh, Florida had some key injuries, and so did Tampa. But you know, you're talking about a team that won a Stanley Cup last year and still has the core that did it. So you know for florida to go in there you know and and make the playoffs i i think that's that was their stanley cup you know you know to get the 2 seed in that division was a huge accomplishment and you know you could say a lot about you know the coaching and the and and the and the players stepping up and and uh the chemistry that that team had uh, i applaud them but it's a playoffs are a different animal and that's why you know it's not just you know about being a good regular season team you have to be you know prepared to win a Stanley Cup and play playoff hockey it's just a different animal and um you know uh, you know the the Panthers are in a they're in a tricky spot because it's it's not a very it's not a lucrative market uh you know it's the state of Florida the one benefit i think signing down there is is no income tax but uh, I know the, I know Russian players love it down there. So, um, you know, they have that maybe going for them. But, you know, overall, if you're Barkov at the end of the day, I think he moves on from Florida. I I just do. And I don't know. I, I, I don't know if he's the type of player who really wants to, you know, have a career kind of like uh, Shane Doan, you know, where you just you kind of stick to your guns and and stick to a team. And, and despite, you know, uh, never really ever having a chance to win a Stanley cup, uh, you you know, you kind of go out, you know, a local hero. So I don't know. Although I don't know if Barkov is going to really be a New York Ranger. I just don't know.
0: Uh, Yeah. It's obviously a little too early for that. He's still got right. another year in that contract. And, you know, you have to see how he feels after this. Maybe he's gung-ho. At, at least they made the playoffs, thank God. And they, they can tell themselves "Oh, we were without Ekblad and, you know, all this other stuff. But, um, yeah, but it's uh, definitely, as, as a Rangers podcast and as Rangers fans, as we head into this offseason, our eyes are kind of set on. Because we know they're going to upgrade at positions and we know that they're going to use their draft capital to do so. Uh, we do have a draft coming up and, you know, whether or not they that pick will remain on the board or if they flip it for a player that can help them now remains to be seen. I don't know. But, uh, the, you know, our eyes are now obviously moving, gazing, moon towards that. So it will be interesting to see what the Rangers do, because I think if I have a prediction, I think they might try to be a little bit craftier and make a bunch of smaller improvements that don't maybe blow your pants off like an Eichel trade would. But at the same time, all of a sudden you see how they upgrade at different positions and you might be like, oh, wow, they kind of got better in all these little places, you know, and maybe, yeah, maybe that involves moving on from some players that hurt you. That seems on paper, but by doing so, it helps you upgrade at all these other positions where at the end of the day, you're like, oh, well, you know, maybe you miss the offensive output, but you're like, where well, they're now better defensively here and here, and they get some tertiary scoring here that can chip in on this line. And all of a sudden you're like, you don't feel so bad about it. So yeah, it'll be fascinating to see what happens. Uh, I believe the draft um, lottery is coming up, right? The, yep. So I don't, I, I'm not holding that much hope for the Rangers winning again, but listen, they won, you know, they got very lucky two years in a row. So, you know, we're happy with it. So they might, they'll probably end up staying pat at, uh, what are where they at fifteen right yeah, they're at,
1: they're projected at fifteen right now, but we um, know
0: that the coyotes forfeit their pick, so technically that's that would be make them fourteen, right
1: Yes, I believe is I think the Dallas stars are the only team that is ahead of them in terms of oh, yeah no, wait, wait, wait. they have the Rangers ahead of the so right now the Rangers are sixteen.
0: Okay. So I think that's what it is that they're slated 16, but because Arizona forfeits, yeah. forfeits their pick, they're technically going to pick at 15, although it'll say 16 overall or whatever. It's just since it's a forfeited pick, they're, they're, they'll get to take the 15th player off the board, you know, unless they somehow jump up again, which would be hilarious. And I would laugh so hard.
1: So uh, they are 15, would be slated to 14 but oh, because Seattle nice. is in. Oh there you go. Seattle then bumps them back up to fifteen. Back up.
0: Okay. So yeah. So again, it's bumps them back up to fifteen. So yeah, they're they're picking fifteen. So yeah. Uh like I said, this is a you know, we'll get into it I'm sure more when we do a draft focused episode uh, and also focus on the possibilities of will they keep those picks. But yeah, this year is a bit of a (laughs) crapshoot. Not a lot of viewing time and a lot of prospects. Uh it's a good year to have multiple kicks at the can, especially if you feel strongly about a player that you think that you have the inside track on. And, you know, we've seen the Rangers have been pretty good with some of their later round picks as of late uh, and in the past. So yeah, it'll be interesting to keep our eyes on, but uh, just for right now, obviously watching playoff hockey, it's, it's hurts not seeing the Rangers in it because you, you, this is such a fun time of year. And as fun as it is watching, you know, and as stressful as it can be being a team, the fan of a team that's in it, uh, you, you kind of miss it. You feel like you're missing out on the fun a little bit. Just that feeling of my team is playing a playoff game tonight. And just like, that's all you can think about all day.
1: Well, I mean, it's funny that you say that because one of your teams is playing a playoff game tonight and that's right. New York Knicks against the Atlanta Hawks. Um, you know, I, I'm a little worried because, you know, listening to, you know, uh, local sports radio, a lot of buzz with the Knicks. Uh, I know there's like a Knicks net rivalry in terms of the fans. Uh, you know, one is, you know, the juggernaut of the of the league and the other one is, you know, kind of the shock and Cinderella of the league. You know, Andy, how good are you feeling? Well, we can end it this way. You know, give me a prediction for tonight with the Knicks. I know the game will be over by the time you listen to this, but um, we can all judge Andy on his. prediction. I mean,
0: game. I mean, because I'm hoping I say I hope Knicks win game one. I mean, I yeah. think ultimately. On paper, I think Trey Young is probably a more talented player. Ultimately, I think he stirs the drink more than any player the Knicks has, and that includes Julius Randall. But at the same time, I just think the Knicks have done good a good job in the season series shutting him down. I just think the way the Knicks play as a team, I think I you know I think this is this whole the Knicks making in his house money. I don't think anyone slated them too, so it's great. Do I think the Knicks can go all the way? I hope so. I don't think so. But I think Atlanta is clearly a winnable opponent for them, you know, and I do think the way they play can stifle a team like the Hawks. You know what I mean? I think obviously where other teams you worry about, you know, some of their like shutting down or or double teaming guys, you know, or star players, it like kind of leads other options, especially when you look at Brooklyn because, you know, they do, they do have, uh, Yeah, KD, and then they have uh, James Harden. You know what I mean? So, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, I don't know. It's like you, if you take if you take out Trey Young, it's like, yeah, yeah. Listen, they have some some good shooters like Bogdanovich and Huerter, and you know. But at the same time, it's like I just, yeah, I don't know. Ultimately. They don't, I think it's one of those things, like you said, they're going to Trey young when he was on toyed with the Knicks this season, but at the same time is like when the Knicks did a good job of like at times shutting him down. And even when he got hurt, you just saw Atlanta fall apart. So that's going to be the big, especially if you have those periods when Trey young is not on the, on the floor and then you can run, you know, Derek Rose off the bench or quickly just to come in and, you know, get you, get you 10 to 15 points really quickly. And so I think that's going to be the key for them. Winnable series for the Knicks. I think they take game one at home. God, I hope so. Uh, but it is kind of house money for them. But yeah, I think it would... I think them making anything past the first round is kind of gravy for me. You know what I mean? It's like, even if they lose, like, you get embarrassed in the second round. They, you know, they won a round, they made it to the playoffs. It's nice. You know, and I don't want to say... I don't think the season is a, a waste for them if they don't win the first round. But you want to see them be at least competitive. You know, the hype is so there. So you hopefully you got to hope for them that it's just it's they don't crumble under their own their own hype and just the promise because you know obviously Knicks fans have been hurting for this so just keep doing what got you to the dance and uh, yeah let's uh, go New York go New York go thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys podcast be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys pod and please rate review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts Spotify SoundCloud or the Hockey Podcast Network